0: It's Amy's Table, A Girl's Guide to Living, with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. Tish Boyle is co-editor of Dessert Professional Magazine and an experienced food writer, author, and pastry chef. Her previous books include The Cake Book, The Good Cookie, Diner Desserts, and Chocolate Passion. And she's joining me today on Amy's Table to talk about her latest book. It's called Flavorful, 150 Irresistible Desserts with All-Time Favorite Flavors. Good morning, Tish.
1: Good morning, Amy. It's great to meet you. You
0: too. I'm looking at this book just going yum, yum. I think almost more than anything else, dessert books, just I love looking at the images and the photos, and there's lots of them in this. Tell me a little bit about what drew you to the world of desserts. Did you know when you were very young and experimenting with cooking that this was your passion?
1: Um, I did. I, you know, I, I would come home from school as a kid, um, and I would bring a friend, and we'd we'd make some horrible-looking, you know, multicolored cakes, um, uh, much to the horror of my mother. I'm sure, but she <laughs> was always really encouraging about it, and then cleaned up after us, which was great. So, I mean, you know, and then eventually I got I got better, and um, there was more encouragement, and my I think my mother was just so grateful that somebody else wanted to make dinner. Um, so she didn't have to. So she was always very encouraging, and that was a big thing. Um, And then um, I happened to, um, after college, um, I happened to meet Julia Child at a cocktail party.
0: Well, that was a nice little happen to have happen. It (laughs) it was.
1: Well, we went to the same college, and we were up there for graduation. And um, so anyhow, somebody said, oh, you should talk to Julia Child. She's over there. So I did, and I met... um, Julia and her husband Paul and she was very encouraging and so she suggested I go to cooking school in uh, Paris which I certainly did after that because when Julia Child gives you advice you take it you bet So, um, anyhow so I I spent um, a year in Paris and and then I worked in France for a bit actually cooking on a barge um, which was uh, was a travel barge um, that went uh, through the canals of Burgundy and then down to Bordeaux later Um, So that was a real experience. So that's how I sort of um, became immersed into the food world. Uh, As far as desserts go, I always loved making um, sort of complicated cakes, and I just loved the precision and the detail, I guess I'm more detail-oriented um, than I am a uh, shoot-from-the-hip kind of line savory cook. Right. So um, that's, that's where I ended up. And eventually, I you know, I, I worked for Good Housekeeping magazine, and then I ended up at Chocolatier magazine and uh, eventually became editor of Chocolatier magazine.
0: Well, wow, that is quite an impressive journey. And, of course, the French do their desserts so beautifully. And a a local pastry chef friend of mine, I love, she says, you know, nobody celebrates with meatloaf. They always celebrate with dessert. (laughs) And it's so true that nothing says special occasion, I think, more than a beautiful dessert. And in your book, it's called Flavorful, 150 Irresistible Desserts with All-Time in all-time favorite flavors. Um there are so many celebratory uh, looking dishes. It's just fantastic. But some people as you say you can shoot for the hip if, from the hip if you're doing savory cooking. But baking does require that more precision especially if you're assembling things in the stages that you have to go through. What are some tips that you can suggest for the home cook that, you know, already knows their way around the kitchen, but really wants to improve and enhance their baking skills?
1: Well, I think it's important for us to start with um, a good recipe. Um, And in this uh, age of the Internet, um, there are a lot of recipes out there which aren't necessarily well-tested. Mm-hmm and there were even some cookbooks I'm am sorry to say that um where the recipes don't always work or aren't as detailed as they should be. And I think with desserts when you're working with desserts you really um need a good recipe that's has all the details in there and has some signs of what, you know, the batter should look like at what at a certain stage and how long you should be beating it, and on all that kind of stuff. I think that's all very important when it comes to desserts, especially with um, techniques that you might not have done before, whether it's an Italian meringue, or it's a pastry cream, or whatever you're making.
0: Yep, I love so when it's I, got both the definitive direction and then the descriptor, as you just said, you know, bake until golden brown and edges are crisp. It's like, okay, right. I get it. I see what I exactly. need to be doing. Yeah, that's important. Exactly.
1: Uh, so I would say um, don't deviate. Um, once you have a good recipe, don't deviate too much for, from it um, at all as far as desserts go. Because, you know, unlike savory cooking, where you can really deviate and put your own stamp on something, it's a lot easier. Um, but with with baking, you really need to um, be precise and don't use don't use margarine instead of butter, for example, <clears throat> and um, follow the directions um, exactly. Uh, especially if you haven't made something before, um, so I'd I'd say that's my my top one. The other thing is, I think it's important to weigh uh, ingredients like flour instead of using cups. I know that you know in this country there's a long history of um, using volume cup measurements uh, for dry ingredients, and it's okay with sugar, but flour, you get three people um, to measure a cup of flour, and you're going to come up with three completely different weights. So flour in particular, I think it's very important to use the weight measurement, which is why I do include um, gram and ounce weights uh, in my all of my recipes.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important as well. And it's funny, I, I don't bake regularly. I love to bake, but I don't bake on a daily basis. But I have a scale, and I found I've used it for way more than... Just my baked good ingredients. I mean, I'll use it for a measurement of cheese or, you know, all kinds of... I love it. I think it's important. Do you have a particular brand you like or maybe a, a, an amount um, you feel yeah, we have well, to spend?
1: Um, no, I would say, you know, get the best one that, you know, you, you, you can afford within reason. Um, I have an Edland scale, E-D-L-U-N-D, which I love. And it's uh, digital, and it goes from ounces to grams. And, um, I mean, obviously you don't need something that's going to weigh a large amount. Um, although, I have to say, I do use my scale for um, uh, postal uh, <laughs> for oh. purposes <laughs> to find out how many stamps to put on a package. But, you know, I always clean it after, though. Um, <laughs> but, um, no, I think it's just... Um, you know, anything, there are a lot of, um, I think a lot more people are weighing their ingredients now. So just get one that goes from grams to ounces, I would say, yeah, and um, is relatively accurate. Don't get the cheapest one because that's not going to be as accurate as one that's more expensive. You know, I mean if you if you pay $60 for one, I think you're going to get a decent one.
0: There you go. That's a, That's probably a very good range. Well, of course, so that goes back to the precision that you talk about and how important it is to follow the recipe, a good recipe, measure carefully. You know, you mentioned, though, don't deviate from the recipe, but where can you? You know, let's just say you've got a pound cake recipe. How might one be able to change that pound cake into lots of different flavors and and tastes
1: oh uh, well um you know i mean there are different i mean pound cake is kind of you really can't deviate too much you could turn it into a chocolate pound cake if you wanted to by substituting some cocoa powder for some of the flour you know maybe um if there's uh you know it's I would say take out uh, put in a uh, start with a quarter of a cup of cocoa powder and take out the same amount of the flour. Mm-hmm. Um, you could add things to it, for example, raisins. you could swap out the granulated- sh- uh, sugar and put in um brown sugar to give it sort of a a caramelly kind of a flavor. Um, you can add grated chocolate to it as mm-hmm. well as cocoa powder um, you know you could change your spices. Obviously, that's something you can always do. You could um, actually turn it into a ginger pound cake by uh, grating some ginger, putting it in some cheesecloth and straining the juice. That's my favorite mm. way to get ginger flavor rather than just using that old ginger powder that's been in your cupboard for a year. Right. Um, use a little ginger juice and maybe even some grated ginger. Um, and some chopped crystallized ginger too, if you want. to. So the skeleton
0: must remain the same, but you're taking some of the flavoring elements such as, as you mentioned, cocoa powder or spices or maybe lemon zest or things mm -hmm. like that to change it. And I guess that's what I was trying to get us to illustrate is, you know, don't deviate with the, don't say I'm going to add less flour or, or, you know, one less egg. Right go right, for right, a, a right. more subtler change, but you can get a big result. Well, what is your go-to dessert from the book? What is the one that, you know, you were going to have company, just friends coming over, something casual? What what do you go to every time?
1: Uh, well, I have to say, I, I've i recently moved to South Florida. So um, here, uh, key lime pie is the um, dessert du jour. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you get it in, in every restaurant. Um, you know, in town, and um, it really ranges from really horrible to adequate. But I've never really gone out to a restaurant and had a great, great, great key lime pie. Um, You know, I think maybe maybe two or three times in my life I have. So, I mean, to me, a good key lime pie should not be um, overly dense. It should be light, should be tangy. And should be really refreshing with this sort of billowy um, whipped cream topping. I like whipped cream. Some people like meringue, but so that's what I make mostly. And and people, I mean, it's because it's such an easy dessert, but um, it seems to be hard for restaurants to get it right for whatever reason. Um, So I have a great um, key lime pie. My favorite key lime pie. It's called in the book, and my secret trick to it. Um, I'll tell you right now is I take an egg white and I um, just whip it to soft peaks and I fold that into the standard key lime pie batter before I bake it. Mm. And that makes it really light and creamy. It's amazing how much it changes the texture.
0: Yeah. But
1: still giving you that tart key lime flavor and it's it's a really simple thing that you can do the day before and what i do is i just put the whipped cream on a few hours um before serving, and um, mm. it's, um, it's, it's easy, and people love it every time. Oh,
0: yeah, that sounds great. I'm looking at the recipe right now. That sounds lovely. And then what about the holidays? You know, with Thanksgiving coming and Christmas coming, what are some ideas that you love to serve from uh, the book, Flavorful, 150 Irresistible Desserts and All-Time Favorite Flavors?
1: Well, uh, you know, one of my other tips um, uh, that I like to tell people is, if you're having people over... I like to sort of get an idea of um, what they like as far as flavors go, and that's sort of one of the ideas behind the book. I mean, um, people are very um, drawn to particular flavors for whatever reason. Some people are just nuts about chocolate, as I am. Other people people love citrus. Um, Other people really go for the fresh fruit desserts. So I kind of like to have an idea of, um, you know, I want to make sure I'm going to be serving something that everybody likes. And if around the holidays when you're having a bunch of people over, sometimes that requires making a couple of desserts. So that's why you really want to stick to simpler desserts. Um, But, I mean, my advice is to just find out, you know, hey, you know, what's your favorite dessert? Do you like, what's your favorite flavor? Do you like lemon? Do you like chocolate? I think that's always a good idea. And then um, that'll narrow it down as far as, um, you know, uh, w- what you should be looking at um, flavor-wise. And um, um, I think, you know, it's obviously it's easier to make um, something that is, um, in one big portion like a cake. Right. Rather than dealing with something like, you know, tartlets or indi- anything individual, um custards or creme brulee, something like that. Um so I would stick to something like, you know, a knock your socks off cake. Um I've got um some really um wonderful cake recipes. The cake on the cover is a um a berry cake. It's um with a whipped white chocolate ganache. Um, which is really easy. It has, um, I mean, fresh berries. Yes, it's great to make them in the summer when, the, you know, you can get great berries, but berries are, you know, available all year yeah. around these days. So, I mean, that's sort of... It's, not, it's a, a nice light dessert, but it's absolutely um, wonderful and indulgent at the same time. And um, it's also something you can, you can make ahead, which is important. Um, I've got lots of a whole chapter on caramel. Um, yes, and you
0: were chap- kind enough to share with us your recipe for chocolate sea salt caramels, and that would be a great holiday gift to share with people. Send us off this morning with a couple of tips of making the successful caramels. Oh, well, um,
1: caramels is one of those things where you really, really need to use um, a thermometer, a candy thermometer, um, or any kind of digital thermometer that, you know, reaches uh, a high temperature. Um, So that's another one of those recipes where you really have to pay attention to the details. So um, um, also, when you're making caramel, it's important that your pan is completely clean um, and that you're, I mean, as, well, as far as these, as caramel versus caramels, the candy are two different things. When you're making a regular caramel, you really don't want to stir it uh, much at all because that's going to cause um, crystallization. But when you're making caramels, you really have to stir it because uh, otherwise it might scorch on the bottom. So I would say, you know, follow uh, read the recipe through thoroughly first, yes um, but really there 's not much to caramels they 're very easy to do it. just you just have to like stand at the stove for ten minutes, um, stirring and watching it, and looking for the correct temperature, and then pour it into a pan and let it set be be patient with that, but um, as far as um, labor goes there 's really not a lot of labor with caramels which which makes it nice. Another great uh, holiday thing is I have a chocolate almond toffee which is absolutely fabulous, and I love to uh, make that around the holidays. Cut it in you know, jagged pieces and put it in a nice um, cello bag with, tied with a ribbon, give that to friends as just a nice little homemade gift um, or, or house gift when you're um, going to a party.
0: Love those ideas. Well, this is great. I'm excited to post your recipe for chocolate seed sauce. Excuse me, sea salt caramels. They're from the book Flavorful: 150 Irresistible Desserts and All-Time Favorite Flavors. And Tish Boyle, thanks so much for joining us today on Amy's Table. We'll look forward to talking to you when your next book comes out too. Thanks, Tish.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Amy. It was a pleasure. Stick around for
0: another helping from Amy's Table on Q102.